0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Hello and welcome to Official Charts Take the Hit, the show where we get to know big names in music a little better as they face random questions themed around the UK's best-selling singles of all time. These could be questions like, what did they want to be when they were younger? What is the highest price tag item they own? You know, like the Jessie J song. Or when did they last get lucky, like Daft Punk? This week's guest is the hugely talented Adam Lambert. Now, Adam shot to fame when he reached the final of American Idol back in 2009. He released his debut album called For Your Entertainment that same year. And so far, he scored three top 40s on the official albums chart, most recently with The Original High, which debuted inside the top 10 in 2015. After that, his career took uh, somewhat of a surprising turn. Uh, he joined forces with Queen, and the result has been a huge, huge success. It's, they constantly tour together around the world. It's incredible. Um, and as a nice nod to their work together, Adam made a brief and sort of secret cameo in the recent Bohemian Rhapsody film. Adam is currently gearing up to release his fourth album, called Velvet, and it sees and take on a much more kind of 70s rock funk sound, which you can hear on lead singles New Eyes and Coming In Hot. I wanted to ask Adam about the new album, plus loads more stuff, when we met with him at his publicist's offices in London. Adam, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Good. Uh, this glorious morning in London. Yes, rainy. Um, I was looking forward to so- to set the scene, we're at your publicist offices in London. Yeah. I thought it's at the top of a skyscraper. I thought we'd get an amazing view.
1: And we're in the clouds. <laughs> we're quite
0: literally in the clouds. <laughs> not overlooking London. Yeah. Um, oh, well. Are you ready to play Take the Hit?
1: I'd love to play, yeah. So I'll just, take a hit. I'll take two. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Puff, puff, pass.
0: Let's see what, let's see what happens. Okay. Um, um, so, just to explain quickly, just yeah. so you're clear. So... Uh, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, okay? and they are themed around the UK's best-selling singles of all time. Cool. The songs are going to be picked at random through our random number generator, Okay. and uh, the number that comes up will relate to a song on the all-time chart, which will throw up a topic of discussion. Got it. Makes sense? It makes sense. Let's have a go.
1: Spin the wheel! Okay, I got number 22.
0: Okay, so yes, 20, what's number 22? The 22nd biggest selling single of all time in the UK is Mark Ronson Feed Bruno Mars Uptown Funk.
1: Ah, wow. The they, same, one, they made it number 22 of all time. Of all time, that's ready. wild. Good job, guys. Yeah, was, I mean, it's an amazing record. Yeah, no, it's undeni- absolutely amazing. Undeniably good.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was number one in 2014 and 2015. Yeah. Biggest selling single in the UK of 2015. Wow. Amazing.
1: Good job, guys.
0: Uh, 1.68 million sales. Wow. Uh, my question is a bit tenuous to this but I wanted to talk about your new music yeah. out of this because the sound is like quite funky yeah. a sort of more funk orientated route yeah. so when did you decide to kind of start pursuing the new music and how did you arrive at this kind of sound because you've always been sort of influenced by yeah, and David Bowie yeah I
1: definitely, I think like on my I think on all of my albums there's been moments that are a bit funky I, I, you know I like music that makes you move I like music that has a good groove to it, um, but this time around, I think I'm doing it maybe slightly more organic way in the way that we've like produced the tracks. They, yeah. they, they're they're very based on the instruments, on live instrumentation. Um, yeah, I've always loved that kind of music. I love funk music. I remember when I was a kid, uh, I I was like shopping at you know the CD store. You know, went back when when you actually went and phys- bought physical albums and whatnot, and I found like a best of type compilation of disco and funk music. And I was in high school, I'm sure. And, and, um, and I put it on when I got home and I was just like, Oh my God, a handful of the songs I had heard before because they were really iconic songs. But then I discovered all these other songs and these other artists and I just loved it. I like studying things like art and history and things like that. And like kind of getting a, a, uh, you know, a lay of the land, like who else contributed to this? You know, what else was major? to see kind of what influences what.
0: Um, but the new track, uh, the latest track, New Eyes, uh, where's that kind of taking cues from? I get kind of a bit of Prince in it, but also... Yeah, there is a little of bit working. of a Prince,
1: but there's also like, I think in the verse, it's a bit of blues as well. Yeah. There's a blues kind of thing going on. Um, and yeah, and the chorus kind of, it, it's a little more soul in the, in the chorus I don't know you know honestly like I, I grew up in a house where they my parents played a lot of vinyl um, my dad listened to a lot of classic rock and kind of prog rock and stuff and um, my mom was listening to a lot of soul music you know Al Green and um, Sly Stone with the funk music I remember that Sly Stone album she played all the time and and so I think this song and the rest of the album is in, influenced partially by that and partially by me Sort of seeing and playing the the top forty game over the past ten years, mm-hmm. and just sort of getting a little bit frustrated with how everything sort of starts to sound the same, uh, with exceptions of things like uptown funk. So the there are these records over the past ten years that stick out because they dared to be different, mm. but so much of the industry tends to kind of follow and and copy. And so I was like, okay, well, what what else is there out there for me to kind of create that feels real to me? but that is a little different than what I've done in the past. And I started listening to a lot more alternative music that might not be huge, giant hits, but that's still widely regarded as great music or great bands. So
0: it's like stuff people look back on and go, this is still great.
1: Yeah, well, and it's like, it's, it's, like, it's not necessarily about one song, but it's about them as a group or mm. as an artist and about like, the big picture and their, their long-term uh, influence in music. And I love that. I think that's important. You know, bands like Tame Impala for example, or the Black Keys, they've had their moments of songs, but it's more about, like, they're known for creating this style of music, they're in their own lane, and they've influenced a lot of other artists,
0: yeah. including me. And this sound as well, it feels, it doesn't feel like you putting on a kind of strange new outfit and trying to fit into it. it feels, <laughs> Which I have the tendency <laughs> of <doing. laughs> It feels more, it, feels, it sounds really comfortable. It, it feels really comfortable.
1: And I noticed it when I, when I got up on stage to perform it for the first time. It was like, a no-brainer you know Where in the past I've definitely had singles where I, I went to go perform them and I'm like oh this is I have to like practice this this is actually harder than I thought and I have to figure out how I'm gonna do this live but the, but new eyes just feels so it, it there is an effortlessness to it there's a it flows it's 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 supposed to feel comfortable it's supposed to feel like someone's hugging you
0: Is the rest of the album kind of following that, that path that vibe
1: I think that there's more high-energy music okay. elsewhere on the album. It's it's definitely one of the more chill tracks, and you know I think it, it's the traditional uh, playbook for you know releasing a new album is is you you lead with the song that sort of is your biggest and boldest and craziest and. I, I've sort of rejected that formula on this because I think we're in 2019 and the rules are sort of out the window. And, yeah. um, you know, I've been doing this a long time and I just decided to trust my instincts and, and not make it about as much about the, the game and the hustle of, of singles. And just be like, you know what? I, I have my fans that are lovely. I hope maybe there's some new fans that start listening to this. But I wanted to kind of warm everybody up You know, like um, you know, like you're in the kitchen and you you put the sauce on the stove and you just bring it to a simmer. Yeah, it's not at a boil yet. It's not ready to have other things brought into it yet. But it's just the first step. It's the appetizer. It's also like foreplay, (laughs) and that's an even better analogy. (laughs) That's an even better one. Yeah, you got to start slow and take your time.
0: Um, What is one of the the bangers on it? Can you give us any details
1: on? Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a song coming. I can tell you now. There's a song coming um, in September. And it's called Superpower. Okay. And it is a banger. It's a. That's big, a banger title. Not that you judge a song a, it, by its it title. It sounds but. like how it how it's called. Yeah, it's good. Excellent. I, I think. Anyway, if I do say so myself, it's good. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is a plan, though. I like yeah,
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. It's. A, it's. It's. I'm just trying to grow the the the, the, the album for people.
0: Yeah. yeah. Shall we? Shall we go again?
1: Yeah. Let's go again. I'm talking too much. No, you're not. <laughs> Number ninety nine.
0: That's a good number. So number ninety nine is Ghostbusters <laughs> by Ray Parker Jr. I
1: love
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> a classic. Now, now only heard at Halloween, really. But yeah, right, it's exactly. It's good enough, right? Yeah. Um, number two in nineteen eighty four. Wow. Um, it was beaten to the top by. Another million seller, another like huge selling song. Stevie wonders. I just called to say I love you. That's a good one. I feel like it's kind of fair enough that it was kept off the top by that song.
1: Yeah, I mean, Stevie, <laughs> you can't kept, you can't really get in Stevie's way. Yeah, he's he's an icon.
0: 1.18 million sales in the wow. UK. Not bad. Um, so, are you afraid of ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going to call? <laughs> yeah. um, do you, do you have what's your what's your biggest fear? And this can either be something kind of quite grand and existential, or it can be like some weird phobia that you've got. <laughs> I-
1: have any weird phobias actually? I'm a pretty rational guy, I think, most of the time. Um, I've definitely had like borderline paranormal moments. Like, um, really? you ever had that like that thing where you like your body wakes up or your, or your mind wakes up, or your body's still sleeping? Yes, what do they call it? Um, sleep paralysis. Oh, yes, yeah, so I've, I've I, that's happened to me a few times, and and it's really. Creepy. It's really creepy. You, <laughs> it's like you feel like you can't move, like you're stuck, or you can't speak, and it's like feels like someone's holding you back. And, yeah. And and one time I I had it I was I had gone to bed and so I was like waking up obviously my body was frozen and I I swore I felt like a, a like a person walk into the, I was staying in a hotel like walk into the bedroom and walk around to the side of the bed I was on and kind of lean over and, like, bend over like they were looking at me really closely. And, like, I swore I felt this presence of oh, this person. God. Or I saw a shadow or something, and it was very weird. And then I finally, like, you fight, 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 and then you can move again. And I I looked it up, and actually that's really common, is this, like, yeah. sleep paralysis is to see a dark figure in the room. So obviously, like, you know, it, it could, the science behind it could be that, you know, people just... Hallucinate because of their mental state and it's a psych- psychological thing. Yeah. But it's also kind of weird that it's a common thing that they, they experience, that, they, that everyone's experienced this dark thing. And that, to me, that, that it set my imagination spinning because I just thought, I wonder if that's like in between worlds or something. Yeah,
0: that weird, something. unexplainable part of the brain almost. Yeah,
1: yeah and you can, yeah, yes, you can explain it with science, but also it feels very real. Mm. And like, I don't know, you can say that about a lot of things. That are hallucinogenic, you know. The science is, oh, you're poisoning your body and you're just kind of tripping out. But like the things that you experience and realize in those states can be really, like, really transformative and really, really next level and kind of thing, like you know, feeling like you're getting messages from beyond or from a higher power. Yeah. You know. Number thirty-three.
0: So the thirty third biggest selling single of all time in the UK. Is Britney Spears' "Baby One More Time"? <laughs> nice. Number one in nineteen ninety nine in the UK. That's a think good it, year. I think it was ninety eight in the US. It came out Probably. later. Probably, yeah, because that's know, these how it was. Staggered back then. releases. Yeah, oh, even that feels like old days. One point five seven million sales in the UK. Going off the sort of "one more time" element of the song, mm-hmm. is there a moment in your career you'd like a do over on? Is there a performance or a Something you're like, oh, I wish I could do that again, that, for better or worse. Actually, well, awesome yeah, and I stuff. don't
1: even know, like that. That I did an awards performance very early on in my career, right after American Idol. It was, you know, just to to kick off my first single ever, and it was for your entertainment on the uh, AMAs. i remember that. And those. you know, I don't know if I say that I regret what happened, but it was it it was a it was a performance that 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 created a lot of dust. You know, it kicked up a lot of dust, and it was. You know, I think the conversation that came out of it was actually really cool because it was sort of talking about double standards and yeah. and kind of addressed homophobia head on. Um, so it was definitely good talking points. And I think in the long run, it's an interesting story to bring with me on my journey. But I think at the time, it was maybe a little like too soon for that type of statement. Um, I hadn't really established myself as a solo artist yet. So it sort of was like a bit of like a martyrdom that I found myself in like in order to make a statement I kind of sacrificed some some goodwill yeah. you know yeah. and and also like I've said it wasn't really premeditated which is also the one thing I would kind of rethink is um, you know I didn't do it during rehearsal um, and for those that don't know it's like I, I kissed a guy on stage very forcibly and the, 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 the choreography that I had was kind of dirty um, I don't know if it would even bother anybody now. Like, exactly, it's so funny. I mean, you know, it was, fast. it was it was ten years ago,
0: and it was also in the U.S. But is that because of that performance that it's now not shocking? As in now, like, I don't
1: think I single-handedly I'm not changed saying, anything. You know. but but I think that it was a product of combination the time. of things. Yeah, right? but at yeah. that time, it was still. If you look at now, if you look at ten years later, um, especially in the U.S., like we finally have, a, like a large number of queer artists that are that are, and some of which are breaking through the mainstream. Yeah. Um, I think
0: it's still a real challenge it still is a challenge yeah. but it's
1: definitely like happening it's happening it's been proven it works it can work it, you know maybe some of these artists would be bigger if it weren't if they were straight yeah. but but at the same time that's not a fair thing to say because what makes them great artists and is, is who they are mm. is that that's what they are that's their identity that's part of what they are as an artist is that they're bringing that narrative to the masses so you know the, the, the what-ifs are kind of... It's kind of silly to do the what-ifs, you know? Yeah. And, and with the performance, it's silly to do the what-ifs. I don't know. Some people say, like, you know, would, would, you, would your career have gone differently had you not done that? And I don't, I don't know if it was that... Um, it, it lasted that long. I think it just kind of created a little bit of a a, a... a fear in people, perhaps. Yeah. It I, kind of freaked people out.
0: I, I do think the reaction is different um, here to so it was in America the bigger population of people to get outraged. Over. Yeah, <laughs> I think so I think one thing that
1: I can say in hindsight that I realize now because it's been ten years and I'm ten years older, is that maybe I was trying a little hard. Yeah. Maybe and maybe that was a bit off-putting for an audience, whether or not they were homophobic or whatever. You know, an audience member might have thought that's much for me. Right. And I think that's the beauty of growing older and 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 having experience. and mean, mm. um, I know personally for me right now, like. I know myself as an artist better than I did then. I know exactly what I am and what I'm not. And, yeah, I don't know if I would do it again if I knew better. If I, <laughs> if I could go back, I don't know what I would do. I certainly would sing it better, because it was actually a really messy <laughs> performance, to be honest with you. Just and, vocally. Yeah. And that's sort of <laughs> Just, where it came from, is like I, I was up there and like we had some sound problems and there wasn't, the track was, you know, there was like track and band playing and the track wasn't on and mm. that threw me off and there was a lot of staging and then I tripped Oh. <laughs> midway through the performance and I like I I like tripped and I rolled forward and thank God I recovered but that freaked me out and so it was just a disaster yeah. live and learn <laughs> Live and learn. but it was one for the books you know yeah, exactly. and, and, and I'm glad it happened because I think great. it made me who I am now yeah and you know luckily like it, it didn't it didn't like it didn't cut my head off in the business you know right afterwards we had a big hit with what do you want from me yeah which you know uh, worked out really well so exactly. thank god let <laughs> <laughs> um, we go again yeah spin it number two so
0: the second big, biggest selling single of all time in the UK is Queen Bohemian ah, Rhapsody wow oh the, it's the second second biggest for
1: some reason I thought it was the first yeah I think it was thing. for a while maybe they recently it was. got kicked off it was for a while yeah
0: um so good, it was number one twice in the UK. Wow. In 1975 and again in 91, uh, And it sold 3.82 million copies. Wow. A lot. Yeah, that's For the a lot. UK. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad this came up. Yeah. <laughs> so I get to ask I know way. these guys, yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> know these guys. Um, well, I had to just ask firstly, like, what was it like being in Bohemian Rhapsody, the film? I mean, I was in it for a minute. If you blink, you'll miss me. Obviously, I, I had yeah, like a
1: tiny cameo, but... It but was fun. It was a small but memorable part. Yeah, I and it was cool. I got to meet Rami. He's lovely. Um, and I love that it was kind
0: of undercover.
1: Yeah, and it, that was kind of the fun of it is yeah, that we were like, let's not make a big fuss out of it. Let's just. It was more just kind of a thing to do for fun. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I was in the UK actually at the time anyway, so I was here. And then they just say, "Oh, do you want to play this little bit part?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." And it was very cold. Was it? It was freezing. Oh, it didn't look. It was freezing. Oh. Um, and we were out like a like in the in the country you know near like an, uh, on an airfield i think okay. it was out and it, like they were like, yeah they were just using like that 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 open space and yeah it was really fun and i and i'm the trucker that ta- that you know kind of cruises freddy at the rest stop and and then it's interesting because the rest is to be you know imagined yeah. by the audience and i think different people think different things out of that scene that they, some people don't realize that what may have transpired is Yes, I agree. Some and, sex in a toilet. Yeah. but um, and also, who's to say that that actually did happen? Maybe that's not what happens. Maybe, Freddie just looks at him and has a realization. Exactly, which it's is more what actually happens. Yeah,
0: cause so. I, I also like that that moment is is in the film because, a lot of people say you know the film is very, a very kind of, Hollywood. Storytelling of his life, or something, but I like that those moments are kind of drip, dripped in there.
1: I think it's I think it's a it's a clever movie in terms of the fact that depending on who you are as an audience member, you're going to get something different out of it. Like yeah. each person gets a different pulls different things from the story, you know, and, it, and it's clever that way. Yeah,
0: and you've well, you've been touring with Queen since is it 2011? Am I getting this right? Or... I
1: think so. Yeah, that is about that.
0: quite a while now. Yeah,
1: I mean, we did the yeah that's probably about that either that or maybe it's 2012 i don't know but we did the emas uh the mtv emas together that was kind of our first performance publicly and then after that there was some time that passed and then we we did this thing in the ukraine for like a quarter of a million people for like it was an aids charity concert with elton john and that was my first proper two-hour set and i had nine days of rehearsal to prepare for it eek not enough. No. Not enough. <laughs> well, it was trial by fire.
0: Yeah, but the reaction was incredible. So. Yeah, it
1: was good. And I you know, I was terrified. I was so nervous. And, you know, nervous for so many different reasons. Nervous because, like, okay, am I going to remember all the words? Nervous because I thought, what are the fans going to think? Yeah, the
0: expectation on that.
1: Huge. Nervous because I wanted to make sure Brian and Roger were happy. Yeah. Um, you know, there, it was a lot. A lot riding on it.
0: And it must be nice to see in that space of time because back then Queen the whole Queen kind of thing was in a different place and now with the film it feels like that music have really properly has ingrained itself into another generation of, of people Yeah, yeah, which must it, be so nice to so see it's so exciting
1: and I think that's the probably the biggest takeaway of the film is that it's yeah. it's, re, it's like injected new life into the Queen brand which was not suffering by the way no. I mean we've We've been selling out all of our tours for the past couple of years. The so corners it's, of the planet, I yeah. see you guys reach. And that's 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 the, 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 the mind blowing part of it is that it was already great, you know. And, and you know, there's songs and adverts everywhere. There were, you know, you've, Queen is ever present in pop culture. So for yeah. the movie to kind of like top that is a real feat.
0: Yeah, it just feels great for their legacy. Just to, just to have it another exactly. another injection into And those I think kind that was the aim of the movie.
1: Yeah. Was to to cement the, their legendary status as mythic rock stars as a group. I think the the film does that very well.
0: Your new music is this it's separate from Queen, but is has, has any studio time ever happened with all of you together? Have they helped out on this album, or do you have you just taken? I had Brian, lessons from the gigs. Uh, yeah, I mean, it? there's
1: a lot of biosmosis that just yeah. rips off. But yeah, Brian played on my last album actually, um, on a track called Lucy, which we actually have played a few times um, together. And he, and we've, like, they've played What Do You Want From Me before with me, and we did Ghost Town and Rocket Rio. Um, so we've, we've, they've done the, they've played my songs a couple times, which to me is, like, such an honor. It's such a mind, fuck. I'm like, what? But, um, no, I, you know, it's funny, we keep getting asked about recording together, and it just really hasn't. The, the only people that keep bringing it up are the press. <laughs> <laughs> they want it. To everybody, happen. everybody asks, and it, I don't know. I don't. I'm not, I don't think. I think it's like one of those never say never things. Like who knows? You know, maybe the right opportunity for the right reason will come up, um, but it hasn't come up yet. And and also at that point, like, is it Queen? at that yeah, point Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, you already you already do
0: work together, so yeah. And and essentially, it's it
1: it's Queen plus Adam Lambert. That's how it's built. Yeah. Because I'm stepping in and singing their songs yeah it's their sh- it's their like it's their catalogue so if we were to put something new out together that's that's original would it be called Queen?
0: yeah too to me Queen is, is that-
1: Freddie and John too you know mm. Yeah. so I don't know
0: yeah but it's cool that you work together it's it, the is, you get to work with it
1: is like the biggest blessing of my career it has led to so much and so much joy and so much further opportunities and, and, and getting to perform in front of audiences around the world that are elated that we're there and I've learned a lot. I mean I, I could go on and on about it. It's it's been I know I will look back you know in old age and realize that this has been probably the biggest part of my and and most transformative part of my career. It's such an honor. Should we spin again? Yeah. No Number one seventy three it's the
0: 173rd we're getting down the list wow, a bit yeah. best selling single of all time in the UK is CeeLo Green Forget You I love that song what to give it it's real name yeah. fuck you yep. <laughs> number one in 2011 uh, 1.01 million sales great song it's a simple question when was the last time you told someone fuck you <laughs> <laughs> um
1: I, I think the last time I said it was more like a joke like I yeah. was like you know taking the piss like oh fuck you it was probably my publicist <laughs>
0: <laughs> who just came in by the way yeah but it, but it was like in fun um, you is, know yes. we were just messing with each other
1: because yeah. we're comfy.
0: but like are you, are you quite a mild tempered person or do you get quite fiery do you have to if there's people I get
1: of- frustrated with things and like heated but I don't lose my cool like I, I, I it takes a lot for me to like get to like fly off the handle I think I'm pretty measured I'll get, I'll get, like, angsty and have to, like, talk it out, you know?
0: Do you store things up and then let it all out, or do you just I I, that I
1: actually don't know where my filter went. I, I don't hold, I say exactly what I'm thinking in the moment most oh, of the that's time. And good. sometimes it gets me in trouble.
0: Oh, that's no, good. Uh, I think that outweighs. In some ways,
1: yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> in some ways not. <laughs> Number
0: 17. So the 17th biggest-selling single in the UK of all time is Believe by Cher.
1: Ah, good one.
0: Number one. It was number one for a long time in the UK. I think it was seven weeks. It's
1: a big hit in the US too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. In
0: 1998.
1: And I I actually recently got to sing this song for her at the Kennedy Center Honors. And I got nervous because it was a big... First of all, the Kennedy Center Honors are very, like, you know upscale kind of it's it's all like Washington DC people a lot of like politicians and so it's kind of a very refined kind of highbrow event it's literally legends only yeah so I was like I felt that pressure and and I knew it was televised and and I remember nineteen. I remember when this album came out I remember being I was a junior in high school and I remember buying this album and listening to it in my first car on my CD player (sighs) over and over again and going for drives on the freeway on with the share album on and, and singing along to this. So it, it, it's interesting that it had that full circle thing for me, mm-hmm. you know. And I actually sang the song also on American Idol during Hollywood week. So it wasn't one of my big songs that I did like in during the live shows, but I did it to kinda get to the next round early on. So it kinda it's been like coming back for me.
0: So say for that for, for that to see her reaction of what, of the performance after you know listening to it in your car and stuff must have just been ridiculous
1: well I couldn't quite see that she got teary because she was sort of you know in I didn't have distance. a camera you know, yeah. it was like yeah. I could see her but there was lights and I was focused and, and then you know I was definitely like at the end of the song I made eye contact and blew her a kiss but I didn't realise that she had gotten so emotional so when I saw the footage I was like wow that's a special moment I'll remember that
0: yeah so good
1: yeah thank you <laughs> thank you
0: um Adam, thank you so much. Thank you. Good time. Yeah, thanks for playing. Take the good hit. game. I like this game.
1: <laughs> we should keep playing it sometime. Yeah. Thanks very much. <laughs> thank you.
0: Ah, thank you, Adam, for such a great chat. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, if you if you enjoyed it as much as I did, then please rate and review us, as it really helps others to find the show. And next week we talk to nineties pop icon. Yes, I'm going there. It's Louise.
1: I knew people would have either love it or go I think she should be wearing more clothes or you know she shouldn't be so sexy she's mum all those things but actually I just thought I'm going to own this and run with it because I know that where my sort of boundaries and lines are and I think it looks sporty and cool and I, I, I love the track I think it's a, a great song and I'm super proud of sort of how well it was received.
0: Get that episode as soon as it's released by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Acast. And in the meantime, you can check out the latest singles and albums charts, plus the all-time bestsellers lists mentioned in the show, and loads more over at officialcharts.com.